Hey, this is Chris Braid, and you're listening to the Rock Solid Podcast. Make me a deal and make it good for me. I won't get full of myself, I can't afford to be. This is small town music, this is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song away. Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis, and joining me in the Zoom room today to discuss the new Downs Braid Association album, Celestial Songs, please welcome singer-songwriter Christopher Braid. How you doing, Chris? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I am great. So I was uh, checking out some credits today, Celestial Songs, all songs written and produced by Christopher Braid and Jeffrey Downs. You guys have been making music now for over, well, over a little over 10 years. How did you two get together? Um, yeah, it's amazing. It's 10 years, over 10 years. Uh, we met in London, actually, at a, um, a, a gig that we were doing as the Buggles. So I was working with Trevor in a project called The Producers. And um, Trevor called me one day and said, do you, do you want to join The Buggles and, and do this one-off show? So I said, yeah, that'd be great. You know, So went along and we did some rehearsals and Jeff was there, obviously. Yes. And we just really got on very well, you know, and um, I said to him, you know, we should write and see see what happens. And I said, unfortunately, I'm moving to America, which I was at that point. And he said, no problem, because I'm I'm going to be right behind you doing the Fly From Here album with Yes. So it actually worked out really well, you know, because I, I, I left for America sort of end of 2010 and he followed shortly after and was it was the first session I had in my new house in America. So it's amazing kind of just a sort of chance meeting and really, you know, amazing we're here all this time later. Well, you must be having fun with each other to this day if you're still collaborating and making music. So that's cool. I live in uh, Woodland Hills, California. I believe you didn't live that far away when you lived in the States. You were in uh, Southern California. Absolutely. I, I was not far from Saddle Peak Lodge, if you know that. Oh, yes, I do know. I do know Saddle Peak Lodge. Yeah. So I'm a bit further away from you now. I'm in, a little I'm bit. in Southwest London. So what uh, what made you move back to London? Oh, I don't know really. You know, it's just one of one of those sort of mad things that you do. I mean, uh, the same reason I moved to California in the first place. You know, that just kind of restless sort of you know spirit, if you like. And I I like to just do new things and challenge myself. And it was a big you know undertaking because it was you know shipping all my furniture and studio and life back. You know, but I'd done it before and it hadn't killed me. So I, I felt like, well, I'll do it again, you know, see what happens. And so far, it's kind of interesting. I, I'm liking the, you know, being being back here. Um, I don't know how long it will be for, you know. Someone asked me the other day, is this forever now? And I, I said, I have no idea. Forever is a very scary word. That is a scary word. And who knows? You might not You might not come back to Southern California. It could go somewhere else. Who knows? Indeed. Indeed. So the album, Celestial Songs, Paintings and Logos by Roger Dean. Do you and Jeff classify this album as prog rock? Um, you know, it, it's an interesting one, that, isn't it? I, I did speak to someone about this recently. And and, and he, the, the, the guy that was sort of interviewing me said, some people might say, you know, the hard line prog fans might say, it's not prog at all. It's actually, you know, it's it's pop or whatever, or rock or whatever. And I was saying that, you know, during the punk sort of era, there were bands like The Clash and The Jam and Squeeze and XTC, and and they were very much part of the scene and they embodied the spirit of it, but they weren't classed as punk bands. And I feel a bit like that with DBA, you know, it's it, it embodies the spirit of progressive rock, but it's not absolutely nailing its, you know, do you know what I mean? It's not absolutely... I do, yeah. I mean, I think it's more, more like um, wide widescreen music, cinematic widescreen music. And, you know, I don't like tags too, too much. You know, they kind of scare me. They box you in. 
I, I no, I agree. And and sometimes I when I'm ever I'm interviewing someone from, you know, quote prog rock music, I I hate to throw that term out because um, you know, some people embrace it and some people they don't like to put a label on things. I find mm. this music to be uh, prog pop. Let's say I do. Uh, it's more yeah. accessible. Like because sometimes prog rock can scare people away. They're like, oh, I don't. Mm. Like, that's not my thing. But I, I find this music is much more accessible sometimes and does lean more pop. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. And my, some of my favorite records ever are three-minute pop singles, you know, yeah. some of the greatest music ever written. Um, and I always loved Yes when they were they're sort of, you know, most melodic. Yeah. You know, you could sing those choruses and, you know, and, and when prog veers off into into prog world for the sake of it i i kind of lose interest it's got to have a good song in there for me yeah it can't just be about musicians playing weird time signatures because i'm just not interested it's got to have a good melody and throughout the five studio albums you guys do have some epically long songs and yet when i listen to those i'm never bored they move along they they change it up and yeah they're just you know because like yes, relayer that album is not something I like to listen to because I think there's three songs and it just doesn't move me. But when you guys do a long song, I love it. That's fantastic. I mean, I did I did talk about this recently actually, and I was saying that when some people might look at our song, you know, our, our, our album tracks, and go, "Oh, that's nine minutes long, self indulgence," but. I've never sat in the studio making something long for the sake of it. It must work as a, an emotional, you know, journey, if you like. And if it's overstaying its welcome, I'll just chop it out, you know, just edit yeah. it. So if it feels to me like it's, you know, it's, it's taking you on that journey and it feels right to be that length, sometimes it's unwittingly, you know, ends up being 10 minutes long just because it feels right in the studio. And I think, you know, that's the that's the the, the key really for me is a, a song mustn't be long for the sake of it, just so we can sort of you know tick the prog box. It it has to not be boring and it has to make sense. That was one of my questions actually. When you when a song ends up being ten plus minutes, eighteen minutes, you don't set out to make. You're not sitting down and saying, "Hey, let's make an epic eighteen minute song." It just happens organically in the studio is what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, if, if you think of something classic, like close to the edge, I mean, that was, you know, the first time that had ever really happened, I suppose, you know, one, one side of an album. But for me, that works emotionally. I, I never get bored of that. It's, yeah. it's kind of like, take me on a journey. This is fabulous. You know, I never want it to end. It just feels good, you know, and, and we did that with skyscraper souls at, admittedly in a more sort of straight ahead style It's it, it sort of you know it, it doesn't overstate its welcome. I don't feel, yeah. And if it did, I would just I'd, I'd feel self indulgent. I would end up sort of editing it out. Yeah, you're right. Skyscraper Souls uh, from the third album, 18 minutes doesn't feel like that. It just it just go it just moves. Yeah, good. I'm glad you feel like like yeah, that. I really do. The reason I ask about the prog rock is you guys started to use Roger Dean with Skyscraper Souls. And I mean, he's kind of synonymous, you know, with Asia and yes. And once you start using him, that's when uh, I think it's like, oh, now this is this is prog rock now because Roger's involved. 
when you work I love with him, I love Roger's work though. He's just so wonderful. I mean, he did a Ian Wilson's album from uh, a year That's ago. Right. It's fantastic. And you know what? I was listening to Ann Wilson's album yesterday. I swear, I love that first track. Yeah. Greed. Green, it's amazing. Great, great. I'm an angel. I'm a lush. I want nothing. I want too much. I am feasting. I am fasting. Satisfaction. Never, never lasting. Greed is empty. Greed is lonely. Constant craving for one thing only. God has done me. I got to, yeah she's still killing it it's unbelievable oh, yeah. i've so you good. know i guess if you keep using the instrument it won't go away yeah so good love her voice so when you work with roger what comes first do you give him the album title and then he gives you i mean does he do give you a few options or how does that work yeah so um well, definitely with the, this album and the, and the previous album, but I think also we, with Skyscraper Souls as well, we gave him the title. Mm-hmm. So take this new album, for instance. So I gave him the title Celestial Songs. And I, I sent him five tracks okay. that, were pretty, that were kind of rough mixes. And I said, this is kind of where it's going. And then he just goes away and just gets into that world. And he's just always just, you know, full of just amazing surprises. We thought after Halcyon Hymns, the last album, the with the Kingfisher on the front, which was based on the title. You know, he went very into that whole like Halcyon and, you know, what the meaning behind it was and gave us the Kingfisher sort of look. I think after that, we thought, well, he's that's it. You know, that's he's never going to be able to make a better cover than that. Yeah. And then he did Celestial Songs and we were all like, oh, my God, this is so good. It's it just looks great on 12 inch. It looks fantastic. Uh, I, so, believe, yeah. I believe he's touring with Yes right now. And doing like uh, showing some of his artwork before the shows. So amazing. People that are Roger Dean fans, go check that out. Speaking of live shows, DBA, you guys don't really get to do many live performances, right? No, not many. We've only done three three gigs in total, actually, which fortunately filmed. So there is a documentation of, of Jeff and I in a live setting, but yeah i you know the live thing always always sort of comes up in in these things you know and it's difficult thank you very much what a wonderful evening and what a wonderful audience you've been thank you so much so we've got a bit more music for you now and uh before we uh we uh do anything else i'd just like to say um a good friend of ours died last year john wetton good friend of mine and we wrote, uh, we wrote a couple of songs together. Uh, the first one, Chris is going to sing, and the second one he's going to sing. So, uh, Chris, come on, boy. Yes, are very busy, and that's Jeff's main world, and my main world is where I am right now in the studio. So, 
and that's why I spent so long making the records. You know, that's kind of where I really enjoy myself. But at the same time, you know, we would like to do some live shows, and we talked a lot about it. And now that we have five albums, you know, it would definitely not be uh, a right. shortage of material. Exactly. So you, so you're okay though with these DBA albums just being created in the studio and just living as studio works because you love the studio. I mean, performing live, I guess, would be is fun too. But you're you think you're more of a studio guy. Yeah, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. If I'm in the right sort of mood and there's a you know a, a live event, it can be immense fun. And you know, you come off stage and you think, let's do five more. You know, it's, it it could be great. But I think if I'm really honest, I love making the records. Yeah. That, that's I can just sort of spend I spend months on it. You know. I just get into that world and it's a studio and some good music coming out of some good speakers is, and and some good people, you know, good musicians. It's, that's what I really like to do. The creative, new creative, you know, out, output. And the thing with live for me is it, it can get a bit old because you're, if you do tours, you're essentially playing the same material night after night. Sometimes, you know, year after year right and i know people that do that they've been in bands since the sort of 80s and stuff and they're still playing the same seven songs every night and that would send me mad i think i have to create new stuff it's funny when you go see a band and the set list does not change from year to year mm. i often wonder how do they get excited about it every night to play i guess because the audience is different maybe and maybe yeah you start to think that there's people in the audience that have never seen you live before so maybe that gets you excited yeah i mean i was watching a clip actually of you two in 2018 at some enormous dome and they were playing beautiful day uh -huh. you know it sounded fantastic it was really really great but i was thinking how many times have they done that now because bono was kind of singing it slightly differently he was he was sort of like almost improvising it and throwing it away a little bit yeah. it, almost like he was sick of singing the same you know thing but you know look if a great song's a great song so i guess if you're up there in front of 50,000 people singing beautiful day it's probably not a bad I, thing to i guess do. not i guess that wouldn't be a bad thing <laughs> no so on the actual studio albums is it just you and jeff or do you have studio musicians in there with you for yeah oh yeah for the last um three albums now we've we've had the same rhythm section so it's ash stone who was uh, a good friend of mine and and somebody that i brought into the producers mm -hmm. originally and so he's he's played with us since skyscraper souls uh, we've got andy hodge who's the bass player on the last three albums and um dave bainbridge who plays all the guitars you know so it's really fleshed it out the first two things we did all those years ago were essentially just jeff and i messing about really with gear you know but as i've said before sometimes messing about with gear can be fun for a moment but it, it gets a bit boring you know because yeah. they they don't really talk <laughs> drum machines and synths don't talk you know it's great to have a great rhythm section and a fantastic guitarist because they just surprise you and they bring it bring out magic from the songs you know right Speaking of uh, all those years ago, 2012 Pictures of You, that's, uh, that album kicks off with a 14-minute song called Sunday News Sweep. Sad film playing on TV. Sad song I keep hearing on repeat. Whatever happened to the teenage dream? So soon to be killing time. A lost soul in the cabaret of life Head on to 95 That's so right. You guys were kicking it off with 14 minute tracks back then. That's true. Yeah. 
we just like it you know it's it again it's you say that and i sort of think god you know is yeah sounds very long but actually <laughs> it just felt right you know yeah it's almost like making a movie for me an album you can pick sort of tracks out and stuff and listen to the singles and things but i like albums to be consumed as a as a whole piece yeah. of work that's what i like too i still i still want to pick up the whole body of work and listen to it top to bottom that's what yeah. i yeah me too yeah the i the kids are missing out on that absolutely you know i mean i've got my vinyl player here and it's just it's a lovely thing you know when you put a, a long a double album on in the morning in the studio and just kind of you know get the room kind of vibing lovely yeah for sure okay it's time to commit 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself begin your new smile journey with bite and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at bite.com bite clear liners are doctor directed and delivered to your door Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. There are spoken word pieces on these albums. We are newly unbound. We breathe clean air, abalmed in clear light, espouse joyous perspectives. Join us all in these fresh, fresh fields and sing out a celebration of celestial song. Who is that voice that we're hearing? Uh, he's a good friend of ours, um, Barney Ashton, and... Um... He's a he's a playwright. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a really great writer. And we asked him to do a couple of things for Skyscraper Souls, you know, in 2017. And I, I just really liked what he did. And I felt like we hadn't used him enough on that album because it was just an it was a quick idea. Like, oh, just, you know, speak a few things, you know, because he writes so beautifully. So on the on the last album, Halcyon Hymns, we got him to contribute a lot more. And he did that fantastic um monologue at the end of the final track which just brought us all to tears almost you know it was so beautiful and we dream we dreamed about the sturdy old ground of all the places heat haze breaking waves mirages of love on sun-drunk esplanades strawberry mivy orange maid parasols boating lakes young lovers getting laid Hand in hand on midnight piers and promenades. Skinny dipper kisses in moonlit midnight coves and caves. Bumblebees buzz the swimsuit fitties tanning on their wobbly chaise lounge. As bees pollinate the floral displays of English gardens drenched in deaf bird song. Bucket and spade and ballroom dance. Cream teas, jam, scones or scones. Holiday camp romance recalled in the Homewood So he's very much an integral part of the sound. And I think what the fans of DBA look forward to, you know, I think it would it would be um they'd miss him if he wasn't on these records. He yeah. sort of strings the songs together in, in a in a in a great way, I think. And is he writing the words to those intros or are you composing those? No, no, he writes. He writes his own. I'll give him pointers, you know, like mm -hmm. uh, the final track on Halcyon Hymns. I said, look, it's a, it's, it's about looking back at a, a beautiful summer, you know, mm -hmm. the, you know, a, a kind of wistful sort of, you know, describe summer, you know. And then he sent me that back, and it's just like, wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I've always loved stuff like that. Even going back to, you know, even Iron Maiden, Number of the Beast, the spoken intro before. That's, oh, yeah. yeah, I just think those things are so cool. So, yeah, atmospheric. Yeah, and it makes, a, you know, it makes DBA unique that you're doing things like this. I especially like darker times. You are an eternal happy hour in a world without hangovers. You are that moment. 
house becomes a home. You are in the reflection in a lover's eyes who is crying with joy for the first time. May you envelop me for the rest of my own forever. For these my dreams are yours. cool yeah oh, thanks yeah that, that was um that was andy partridge from xtc andy partridge's favorite track actually on that album oh that's neat yeah he liked that line um we are all one energy he pulled that out and he made a backing vocal out of it because he said that that was the line for him yeah it was interesting i you know that was just a line in the verse but he pulled it out and said that's the line you know so that's what's nice about having other people involved because they'll they'll sort of hear things that maybe you don't you know so it's great yeah it hits uh, music hits people differently for sure yeah uh, i want to let people know the album is out right now celestial songs buy it stream it get it everywhere and you can find the downs braid association uh their website is downsbraid.co.uk so and on twitter at the real dba music and Instagram is at Downs underscore Braid underscore Association underscore. So those are the places where you can find everything about DBA. Chris, when you enter the studio, are the songs already written? Or are you and Jeff just bringing in ideas and building everything in the studio? Yeah, we start off with ideas, you know, little sketches and things. And then they get fleshed out and realized in the studio. So it's not like the songs are written at a kitchen table on a, an acoustic guitar, and then we go in with a bunch of songs. They're, they're initial sparks of ideas that then get built, you know, if you like, in the studio. And then I'll go away and sort of listen to the roughs in the car or whatever, or, you know, wherever I am, and then think, ah, okay, I know what to do with that now, or rewrite the lyric or whatever. And so slowly but surely they get kind of realized in the studio. And as far as lyrics go, you're the singer. So are you writing all the lyrics or does Jeff also contribute lyrically? I write all the lyrics and he seems happy about that. So <laughs> There's never a fight. There's never, Chris, I don't like that. No, 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 no. The opposite, actually. I mean, he's really, he's so enthusiastic and then it sort of spurs you on to to do more you know that's how, yeah. it's, that's how it's been with us really i'll send him something he'll go god i love this you know and then it sort of makes me it kind of fires me up to to get into it you know jeff is amazing to me because he's been doing this for so long so many yeah. albums with asia and yes and other side yeah. projects i don't know how he still has music inside that has to come out it seems like he's written so many things i know i think you know you never you never sort of you don't give up music do you you know it doesn't matter what age you are i don't think i don't know many musicians actually that stop doing it there may be out there but i don't know any actually that decided to be you know decorators instead of them do you know yeah. what i mean i've just been facetious but, but nobody you don't get divorced from music so unless you completely run out of ideas and you know, or you're just you know whatever but yeah he he loves it yeah, I and think he's very about, enthusiastic about what we do. You know, he's very excited still. Yeah, yeah he's seen he's he's been on the show and he's uh he's very youthful and excited when he's talking about music. You know, as an older statesman, he seems yeah. uh you know really raring to go. It's great. I think about someone like Billy Joel, who in 1993 decided that he was no longer gonna create new music. Is that something? that you can do can i mean i would imagine that he's still 
has to be still thinking about pieces of music and lyrics. You just can't cut that off, can you? I wouldn't have thought so. And he's written such brilliant songs, you know, but maybe, I guess, I don't know. I mean, you could argue that McCartney's last few albums are not exactly his best work, of course. Yeah. But he still feels like he has to, you know, he's still alive. Yeah. You know, so you want to feel like you're relevant now and not just trading on, you know, who you were when you were. 30 or, or younger you know so right. i but maybe maybe um billy joel just loves the live performance and he's got enough material to you know please the crowd yeah he does but yeah. i just uh like that would be like if stephen king said he wasn't gonna write anymore i just don't think he could just do that yeah i'd be very i don't know i can't imagine a day where i could just say right well i'm just gonna i'm just gonna paint boats now or something right you know? <laughs> exactly um when does who decides when it's time to do a new album i mean how do you guys get your schedules to match up um i don't know really just it just seems to happen just feels i mean there's usually a big gap of a couple of years but i know this album's only just come out but i'm actually working on some new material that we've already written today actually it's raining outside and i was just working on some new material that jeff and i've written so you know it could it could be that there's another album much sooner it just it's weird it's like i i don't know maybe yeah. the maybe the the gods speak <laughs> uh lyrically do you have a do you have a muse what what are you looking for when you're writing uh lyrics um, I've always liked sort of melancholy kind of, you know, writers. Paddy McAloon from Prefab Sprout was one of my favorite writers. And he would sort of, you know, I could picture his, the way he was writing about, you know. And XTC was similar, actually. They were very English, you know, but I could, I could always picture the, you know, the everyday story of small town, you know, from the Big Express. So I think it's, I think it's that really. It's sort of a melancholy kind of English sort of thing. Perhaps it's that. How were you able to tap into that when you lived in sunny California? Well, I think when I was living in California, I was more wistful for where I'd left. You know, okay. so a lot of that came out on Halcyon Hymns. It was very kind of pastoral and 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 quite sort of, you know, I could there's a song called King of the Sunset, and I, I know where that hill is, you know, that I'm writing about. A vast open sky. Pink clouds hang heavily Sun lays low Then slides down on us And just like the painting The literal drift We breathe in the blue And the white of the air This land is forever Of orchards and groves Of dunes of dry dust And interestingly, since I've come back to the UK, you know, I feel like some of the the ideas that I have lyrically are about more about where you are, you know, right okay. now. So in a way, it's, it's where wherever I've I've left behind takes on some some kind of mythical, you know, sort of magic. You brought up Housey and him, so I just want to throw out there that Love Among the Ruins is one of my faves on that album. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I like that track. That's a, it's one of my favorites, too. Yeah, really enjoy it. Where the quiet colored end of the evening smiles I'm walking home through pastures for miles and miles Beneath the dark cathedral of summertime
On the new album, there's a song called Darker Side of Fame. I know you've worked with a lot of younger artists. Is this song autobiographical about you or about things you've seen with younger upcoming artists? There's a bit of all of it, really. I mean, I think, you know, when I'm saying all those early years, writing songs and playing gigs, wide-eyed at the world, you know, making records, video clips, you know, that's, you could argue that that is autobiographical. Because how would I know, you know, but, but I've also seen other people in that situation and i've seen the upside and the downside of it particularly fame you know that can alter people and and unsettle people that aren't used to it you know so i've always always been kind of curious about fame you know and you see it in the news all the time someone's fame has you know has sort of bitten them Mm -hmm. so it's kind of a it's a, a sort of comment on that really fame rather than you know music business all those early years writing songs and playing gigs wide-eyed at the world making records video clips and meeting all those idols thinking they were gods and Themselves in fleeting fame. Some would rather not go home and drink away the holiday. You see just what it takes to be a Lennon or a Lane. And there's not a drop of romance on the darker side of fame. I think those, uh, those darker things come into play too when you're out performing live and you're on the road for months and months and months. Maybe that's uh you seem to have avoided things like that. Is that because uh, not as much of a, a road rat as a studio rat? Yeah. I just, I never wanted that life. I couldn't imagine being away from home all that time. I know people that are still on the road and it's like, they've not been home for 25 years, literally, you know, yeah. maybe the odd, the odd night here or the odd week here, but I, that's just not the life that I wanted to live. Like I, I mean, good luck to guys that can do that, but no, it's not for me. Yeah. It sounds rough. It sounds, it sounds hard work. Yeah. You're getting paid to travel at that point. Yeah. And you're, you know, I've done a bit of it, of course, and I never really loved being in a different hotel every night and not knowing where I was, you know, and then yeah. and getting home with the, with your washing and sort of thinking, what am I going to do now? You know, cause you've kind of put your life on hold. Yeah. And you have to become reacquainted with it. Always unsettled me slightly. I uh, interviewed Desmond child last week because he has a book coming out. And in doing the research, I noticed that you were one of the co-writers in 2003 on the Clay Aiken song invisible. That's right. I was. Uh, what you doing tonight? I wish I could be a fly on your wall. Are you really alone? Who's stealing your dreams? Why can't I breathe you into my lives? What would it take? How did you get hooked up with that project? Uh, that's a good question, actually. I went out to Miami to work with him. Somebody suggested, you know, 
Desmond Child. He's written all these great songs like Living on a Prayer and You Give Love a Bad Name. I mean, who doesn't know those songs? Right. So I thought, yeah, that'd be great. So I went out to Miami and we got on so well. You know, we were writing for a couple of weeks at his house in Miami. And then he said, I'm going to, he was about to go to uh, the Bahamas for a holiday. And he said, but I don't want to stop working because this is going really well. He said, why don't you book a flight and come to the Bahamas? And so I did. And we wrote Invisible there. And, you know, it's one of those things. Music's a funny thing because I always say, you know, it's, you know, that day that you really are in the mood and you'd rather just lay in bed and watch TV is the day that something happens. You know, so I always, I was always very, um, my work ethic was good. I always turned up. And I'm glad I went to the Bahamas because it was a it was a big hit in America. <laughs> yeah, and and he's great. Point, yeah, great fun. Yeah, he seems just just amazing. Just so much fun. Yeah. Full of life. He's great. Oh yeah. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill patio sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Now, when you write a song like Invisible, at that point, you're just writing a song. It's not, you're not writing it for this American Idol person, right? You're just writing a song. We were writing a song. I sang it, the demo. I mean, the original demo's out there somewhere with my vocals on it. What you doing tonight? I wish I could be fly on your wall. Are you really alone? Stealing your dreams. Why can't I breathe you into my life? And we, yeah, I think Simon Cowell actually called us in the studio because he'd heard the demo and he said, I absolutely love this song. Can I have it? You know, so it was one of those things. It was definitely written with a sort of, you know, the intention of being a radio song. You know, we weren't writing B-sides in the right, right. you know, or so we hoped, but we it wasn't written for him per se. We didn't know who he was at that point. Yeah, no one did. No. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think Desmond Child ever writes anything that he doesn't think is going to be a hit. No, that exactly. He's got, you know, and if something's not quite right, you'll see him in the studio sort of shake his head and he'll be like this. No, you know, he's just like he's waiting for the magic. Yeah. And he's he's found the magic a few times. So I, I would trust him. You know, I'd be in the studio and I go, if he doesn't like it, then let's keep let's let's keep on until we find it. But then we do something and he would be so excited, you know, and that's what happened with Invisible. He was just like, this is it. You know, he was great. Yeah, that's amazing. You've worked with so many uh, artists. I want people to know that people that might not know Chris Braid, because your name is on so many albums by so many artists. Uh, You're the front man of DBA, but I believe, you know, most of your bread and butter is from all these other things. If I'm, if it's okay yeah. to say that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You've worked with Lana Del Rey, Beyonce, Hans Zimmer, uh, and Sia. You've worked with her a ton. And as a yeah. matter of fact, in uh, 2023, you got the BMI Pop Award for Most Performed Song for Unstoppable. Yeah. I That's did. pretty amazing. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what you want to hear. My sunglasses on while I shed a tear It's never the right time yeah, yeah.
Well, thanks. That was good fun. Uh, yeah, we went to, we actually flew to LA to get it. It was, yeah, it was great. I mean, it's amazing that that song literally is unstoppable because we wrote that in 2016. And yeah. as you say, won the award in 2023. 2023. So. Mad. I'm, gr- uh, I'm so grateful. Tell me about Sia. How did you two connect? That's what I'm, I'm, I'm always curious about these connections. Like who reaches out to who or my people will call your people or how do you find each other? A mutual acquaintance actually from a, a, a label. Uh, um, I think he worked for Clive Davis. Uh, and we, we knew him independent of one because we didn't see her and I didn't know each other. And he said, you two would get on. I and mean, sometimes people have that feeling, don't they? You know, they're good matchmakers, you know, and he was a good A&R guy like that. Um, and he said, you two would get on. You should, you should meet. And he so I gave me Sia's number. So just, just call and just see what happens. And she came over to my house. I was living in Brentwood at the time. And it was another one of those things. It's sometimes, you know, you could wait 30 years for this kind of magic. And it, you know, that was one of those times. It was, I'd been in the business quite a long time at that point. And it was like, wow, this is so great. Magic. She's amazing. I would imagine you have to get along. Uh, your personalities have to mesh before you can even start writing a song. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we all got on, you know, she she loved our kids and stuff. And she got on with, you know, our family, you know. So it was a very, very warm friendship. It wasn't just about a bit of work and then see you next Tuesday, you know, it's whatever. Yeah. And that's what it is. I would imagine you you made a new friend, not just a new collaborator. That's a new friend. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't think you could work for 10 years if you weren't, if you didn't like the person, you know. It would be tolerable, wouldn't it? You'd be thinking, God, I don't want to do that. I no, bet some people do, though. Yeah, maybe. If the, I suppose if, you know, if, the, if, if they're making a living and, you know. But no, I'm, I'm fortunate with things like uh, my relationship with Jeff and Sia and, you know, it's been, it's just been a great experience. And you, so retirement is not in the cards for you. No, I don't not certainly not even contemplate it. Right. Yeah. Maybe one day, but I mean, what, what even is that? You know, I mean, Paul McCartney hasn't retired. He's nope. As, yeah. as I said earlier, you don't, you don't, you don't, um, hang up your guitar what do you do what are you going to do for the rest of your life why why do that yeah creativity never ends no it might morph into different you know shapes or whatever yeah i think that's good i think as the as you move through life you know you can explore your creativity in in different ways and i think that's great i mean that's you know exciting I mean, that's why, in a way, for me, the whole, like, touring incessantly is just not something that creatively I was that fulfilled with. I tried, you know, and it was some nights would be great and people would clap and, you know, and you think they love this, you know, and that can be, you know, it can be fulfilling in that moment. But as a lifestyle, it was just, I find it boring in a way. If someone would give you a golden ticket and say, Chris, you can work with or write with any artist who would be your top three people that you would love to connect with and work with? Uh, I mean, I'd quite like to sit at the piano with sting. I think that would be good, good fun. I think I could come up with something good with him, you know, and he's Northern and I like, I just think he's a great writer. I kind of instinctively, I think I could, I could have fun at the piano with him. Um, so he he comes to mind. Uh, you asked me three people. Um, I mean, well, you came up with Sting pretty quickly, and you know what? I I feel like that would be a match for sure. You yeah, I think that, that would be great. That could be fun. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I mean, contemporary. Uh, it's difficult, isn't it? I like Anderson Pack. I think he's fantastic. You know. That'd be fun. Get on. I put me Wurlitzer, plug me Wurlitzer in, and 
see what happens. You know, I think that could be fun. And maybe um, uh, this is never going to happen, but it's still something that I always sort of, you know, fantasized about, you know, being in the studio with Kate Bush and just mucking about a few synths, see what happens. The thing is with Kate Bush, though, she can do everything. So you kind of like, she doesn't need anyone. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I wonder if she's retired or if she's still, if she's thinking about new music. Yeah, I mean, she's one of those artists, isn't she, that it's like 10 years between albums. Right, yeah. So I'm sure she's probably in the studio right now mucking about with with something. <laughs> Let me ask this. Um, is it different collaborating with men than it is collaborating with women? Um, yeah, I suppose. I mean, I've had a lot, lot of my success has been with with female singers and i guess maybe that's because you know i'm 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 a singer myself so it's more interesting perhaps you know or i don't know if it's more interesting but it's it seems like it's something i can't do because i'm not a female singer do you know what i mean so yeah i know such a huge thing to to the party you know i mean certainly somebody like lana or sia you know they're, they're just fantastic so I can do what I do and they do what they do. And it seems to work, you know. And Christina Aguilari, you've worked with her. Yeah. She's fantastic. Yeah. Great singer. Big voices, big songs. How do I say I'm sorry? How do I say I'm sorry? I was scared. I was unprepared. Yeah, I'm, I I love voices. That's that that's that's the thing for me. I work with Mark Armand quite a bit as well, and he's he's a big kind of you know interesting voice, you know, and it, a voice has to be sort of distinctive and you know for me. That's what that's what I really love working with great singers. How do you get comfortable with a new person you're collaborating with? Like comfortable enough to say that you don't like something they've come up with or they're comfortable enough with you to say, I don't know if that's working. How long do you have to be working with someone before you can start speaking freely like that? Or does it happen immediately? I mean, I would never say I don't like that because right. that I mean, you know, you'd ha- it would have to be really bad for you to say that, wouldn't it? And right. I think that stops the creative process. And it would, I'm very sensitive to that. I would never stop someone's creative flow. Mm-hmm. I might be subtle and 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 try to steer it, you know, in a certain direction or whatever, or or we try it, and you know, because if you do, sometimes you you think I'm not sure about this, and then you try it, and then you end up loving it. So I'm I'm very philosophical about that. Really, I would never sit in a room and say, "No, nah, I don't like that." It would just it would it would kind of kill the flow. Yeah, I mean, I guess my example was a little more uh, more blunt than I meant it, but uh, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, you know, you, you can always steer something, and or the you know that idea that you might not love turns into something else, but the initial spark, of whatever, you know, it yeah. seems to work. How I do it, and I don't know what it is. It's just I'm, I'm I've got patience. I've got a lot of patience. I think that's the key, actually. A lot of patience. A lot of patience. Yeah. Is that how you are in your personal life too? You've always been a patient person. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, I've, I have. I mean, it's only music, you know. And I've heard, I've been around people that have completely, not with me, but blown their fuse and gone nuts at somebody. 
you know, in a studio. And I, I could never get that cross about music. Yeah. You know, you just keep chipping away and then eventually something happens. Yeah. It's supposed to be fun, right? It's supposed to be fun, but it's, you know, it's also, you know, it, 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 it's, it can be hard work, you know, to make something really work. Sure. And I, I find that enjoyable as well. You see, I can spend, I can spend weeks on, on tracks and mixing until I get it right. It's not, I don't think, oh, I'm tearing my hair out because I've done, you know, four mixes of this and it's not going right. Mm-hmm. And I can kind of like, you know, in a way like the Jeff Lynn method where he would come back into the studio after the, the, the day, the night session. And he would just strip the board down, keep the vocal, and then replay everything over the top. And I've done that many times. And you go, wow, that's so much better. You know, so I'm always prepared to just keep trying until it works. I've never heard that before about Jeff Lynn. That's pretty cool. Yeah, he did it. Tom Petty said it in one of the documentaries that he would come in and go, that's completely changed. You've changed all the chords, but it's great, you know. That's you can amazing. kind of surprise yourself like that. Once you've got the vocal and essentially the song is written and there's a vibe there, you can kind of almost, you know, start again underneath it. And it can, and it sometimes works, not always, but yeah, that's fun. You know, I find that fun, surprising yourself. Celestial Songs is out right now. One of my favorite tracks is the one that kicks off the album, Look What You Do. Just love that track. So many okay. good songs on this one. Look what you do to my head, to my heart. Look what you do to my head, to my heart. I feel like you guys are getting better with every album. And I guess that's what you want to do. Well, that's nice to hear. Yeah. I mean, you don't, it would be bad if it was getting worse, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, one of my favorite bands, XTC, they got better with every album, I find. And I, I thought that's, you know, for me, it was always like, that's a, that's, that's the trajectory you want as a, you know, as a band to keep growing and keep, keep getting better. Hopefully, you know, that's what you hope. You mentioned Andy Partridge. Have you, I don't know, I don't have this in my notes. Did you ever work with Andy Partridge? Oh, I've worked with him a lot. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. Um, he was on Skyscraper Souls, you know, he sang on Darker Times back in vocals. He played guitar on that album and he co wrote one of the songs on Celestial Songs called um, Goodbye to You, Sister Shame. He co wrote the lyrics. So, yeah, he's he's been kind of, Fun to work with. All that we can hope for is for score and ten. Hardly time to find what the mess is for. In the dance of hearts between women and men. Sometimes things don't work and we run for the door. I'm mad at myself for not knowing that because I don't have the <laughs> Bless Your Songs album credits in front of me. Yeah, right. he co wrote that song. That All right, cool. Good fun. Is he working on any solo material? I don't think so. I mean, he does um, his, 
his series with the kind of um, the typical Andy Partridge quirky titles of my failed Christmas song career or my failed, you know, whatever career. And and it is, you know, very self-deprecating, but right. that's kind of, that's what, what we love about XTC. And they're songs that, um, you know, didn't, didn't get cut for whatever project he wrote for. So he's he sort of put these own versions out, but that's as far as it goes, really. I don't think he's, he's not going to be making any solo albums. I don't think, but you know, who knows? Maybe you never know. Never All right. Know. Downs braid association. It's uh it's out now. Celestial songs, Chris, thanks so much for sitting down with me today. I really appreciate your time. What's yeah. next for you. What's the next thing. I know we're promoting this right now, but what's the next thing that we're going to see from Chris braid? I mean, I'm working on a film at the moment and that's kind of, you know, taking up a lot of my time and I'm out in uh, LA at the beginning of October doing some new stuff. Um, so that, you know, some new songs and, you know, we'll see what happens with that. And of course I'm working on, you know, new stuff with Jeff. So there's always something going on. There'll be something. <laughs> All right. Well, we look forward to uh DBA number six coming out. Uh, <laughs> Who knows when, maybe soon, maybe later. But thank you so much for the music, Chris. Everybody go to downsbraid.co.uk or follow them on Twitter at the real DBA music. And Chris, in closing, I always ask my uh, my guest what song they would like me to use as the playout song, something from the new album. What would be your choice? um from the new album i mean i suppose i think keep on moving is is a good good track from the new album one, that one that everyone seems to like it yeah and everyone should keep on moving indeed i keep on moving i don't i've got to stop at some point <laughs> no, you, you already said there's no retirement so you're you're going to keep on moving exactly uh, i meant more um you know countries and houses <laughs> than music but yeah oh, okay i get you i get you <laughs> all right folks uh you can follow us at rock solid show on twitter and instagram and go to rocksolidpodcast.com for all things about the show this has been an excellent conversation with mr chris braid and everybody please enjoy keep on moving thank you chris thanks man good to talk to you you too From the chimney by the factory gates Kissing in the class full of English rain When your love was like the best thing That ever happened to me
it's been years and life's a race We all chose different paths and baby that's okay I think about the world and how it's changed Listening to Brucey dreams Brings it all back to me Heard you married with a family Hope that yours came true and you're happy We can't turn back on it, keep moving on Something's staying on Hey, good morning, Chris. How you doing? Good. Well, it's morning for me. It's not for you. No, it's uh, 4, 4 p.m. almost. Perfect. How are you feeling? Um, I still have a, a little bit of a, a cough, so at times I might mute my mic. You'll see no me having a coughing fit, but people won't hear okay. it. Absolutely. So, but no COVID. But oh, that's good. Still a cold. Yeah. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.